Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the Zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. Oh, Toddy, my boy, Todd, Lund- uh, Todd Rundgren, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, by the way, courtesy of this song and this song alone. He's banging on his drum. Why the Packers, number one seed in the NFC, home field advantage, first round bye, as they just annihilated the Minnesota Vikings, 37-10, to 10. whooped their asses. Wow. Balanced from every phase of the game. Who would be your MVP of that game, Rowdy? A.J. Dillon? I think I'm going to give A.J. Dillon honorary Wisconsinite status and MVP of the game. I know Rodgers was magnificent, but A.J. Dillon uh, walking into the stadium, or I'm sorry, walking out of the stadium onto the podium after the game, wearing just bib overalls and a Carhartt hat. Looked like a true Wisconsinite after he just pounded. Carrying the ball 14 times, 63 yards, and finding pay dirt twice. I'll give it to A.J. Dillon, just because. How about you? Obvious answer, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was electric, but A.J. Dillon just embodied a Wisconsinite on that field. Cold, no problem, and just started trucking. In the stands, I got to give the MVP most valuable participants in the stands. The three drunken shirtless dudes who all, like... They look like Sasquatch found his way into Lambeau Field. One guy has got its the hairiest shoulders, back, man boobs I've ever seen. You see that? You know what picture I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. Those guys were living their best life. Those guys are MVPs of the stands up there. You see that one guy at the end who's by himself, shirtless, just looked swasted out of I think he's drinking a champagne of beers in the stands. I love that when it's a primetime game. And the whole nation's watching, and Wisconsin does not disappoint. They get the fattest, hairiest yeah. dudes up there and take their shirts off and just go. Like, out of the three, the one guy with the tattoo just, you know, he looked like a guy that might have worked out, but now he's just kind of getting older. Yeah, he just gave up kind of on it. And These guys he, he don't kinda, think ever worked out. Yeah, he kind of just looked eh. Yeah. But then the other two, and... You know, tough scene because the one that uh, got went viral <laughs> with the guy with the shirt over his head. Yeah, there's three guys while, while all... his his boobies were hanging out oh, still, yeah. and then the other guys just completely. That's the best guy because I, I mean, like I'd the, love ba- to, the bald guy without a hat on the glasses. Yeah, I'd yeah. love to see the guy's face that's putting the shirt on, but obviously that yeah wasn't captured. I would. Lo- it's like if Larry Curley and Mo, the Three Stooges, uh, moved to Wisconsin. Got on the Wisconsin diet of just meat and cheese and beer and then just went to a game shirtless. They're hilarious. Stay golden, pony boys. They're funny, Rowdy. It one dude, it looks like three Sasquatches like found their way into the stadium. I would love to know who these people are. If you know who any of these guys are, or if you are listening, which everyone's listening, please call in. I would love to hear from from you and your experience. Those guys are those guys are awesome. Huge cans on them too, Rowdy. They needed the bro or the man's ear. Like some support. Well, the, the the one guy that didn't have the shirt on, 
I mean, it would make sense if he was kind of warm. <laughs> they, all, they all look very warm. Uh, if it's not the alcohol blanket, I'm sure it's the blubber that they have. Uh, they look very, or, or, very healthy. Well, I mean, it was a combination of everything plus the body hair. Oh, yeah, that body hair. Yeah. It's not quite Sasquatch levels, but it's like they're like a distant cousin of Sasquatch. The, wor- the worst body hair I've ever seen was when, for my birthday, my mom took me and a group of friends to Chula Vista. Oh, and there was a man, the Dells. Yeah, there was a man with his daughter that was in line for like one of the indoor like slides Mm. and we were all behind him. And I kid you not. It was like the thickest, grossest, pure long carpet. Like it was black, like thick black hair. It was like like dark brown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was the grossest thing ever. Because I kid you not, it was like a vest. Oh yeah. On on the front. It's like, hey, take your sweater off. Stay a while. On the front and back. I'm talking. This was like almost like you could go pet it like a dog. Are we talking like a shag carpet like back in the day? Oh yeah. But the weirdest thing ever is that it was the front and the chest. It was it was so thick. It was like dog hair. The back. It was like dog hair. You could pet it. But it stopped on his shoulders like a vest. Like he didn't have hardly any arm hair. It's like it's like they are it's you know um, and he was wearing no shirt now that you know Mark's statement you know Mark Tressel remember him Ohio State coach with the he has wore the sweater mm-hmm. vest the the guy you're re- referencing to uh, referring to I bet you he's like the all natural Mark Tressel he it's his DNA is so ingrained with a sweater vest that his own body grows like I wish you I wish you could see what this guy actually looked like it was legitly like a dog fur vest and i'm sure he was wearing and he probably rocked it proud too oh yeah he was he, was he wearing I'm, like, I'm, I'm thinking like a european dude like in like probably like he a was speedo. european oh okay because you go to the dells i mean you're gonna you get the these the speedos everywhere of the, like, like that's one where you're like i'm not really a shirt in the pool type guy but if i looked <laughs> like that i think i probably would and you know my other question imagine is imagine being the pool cleaner be like this guy again if you're the daughter do you ever tell your dad you kind of smell like a wet dog. <laughs> Dad, they have this, they have this thing called wax or a razor. So you just got to rock it. I, it's like Teen Wolf, you know? Robin Williams, RIP. That dude was hairy as hell, I'm too. I'm serious. I wish you could see a pic. Because, like, I can't even do it justice. It was the longest, thickest hair I've ever seen. Because, like, you know, you have Ugh. buddies where it's like, oh, you're playing pickup basketball, and they take your take. Yeah, you know, you're sh- like, put you're the, like, leave the shirt on, dude. Jesus, I didn't know you were that airy. Yeah, but like, this this was like next level. Was he bald? He was classic. He, he no, he had like the like the George like Costanza. The, yeah, where it was like, but he he shaved it super short on the sides. The so top could, was bald, but he had like this little ring. Yeah, but it was like super like shaved, holding on to the remnants yeah. of a lost colony. It was, ooh, I find that, and it's I think I've it's, never seen anyone hairier. I think it's every man's biggest fear is to lose your hair. So. If, my brothers out there that have the fallen follicles, I feel for you. Thankfully, Rowdy and I got a nice full head of it. But there's something about it when you see dudes that have lost their hair, they got like the hairiest back and chest I'd and rather, shoulders. I'd rather go bald than what I saw at the Chula Vista that day. Well, he was, it all it all migrated down, Rowdy, you know? Because it went from the top of his head down. So it was the most body here. and back hair I've ever seen. So you're, you're saying, long story short, he would have been very warm at Lambeau Field last night. I mean, that's a guy that wouldn't have needed a shirt. You look like Chewbacca. So <laughs> that's a guy that wouldn't have needed a shirt. All right, so check I'm this not out. Kid- like it, it was literally like dog fur. 
<laughs> this this is very ingrained in your mind. I feel very traumatic. Yeah, I, I can picture it. Very traumatic. Holding his little daughter's hand. That was uh, probably like in elementary school. What is she like the bearded lady now, you think? <laughs> she like in the circus? I hope not. All right, so <laughs> when the Minnesota Vikings when the Minnesota Vikings beat the Green Bay Packers at US Bank Stadium. All right, I got all I can think about this is like Harry Sasquatch, man. All right. Whew, collect yourself. When the Minnesota Vikings beat the Green Bay Packers at U.S. Bank Stadium, there was a certain individual, Vikings announcer Paul Allen, who had something to say after the game about an unnamed Packers coach. Take a listen. Yeah, uh, you're baiting me right now because you saw what happened right before this. And um, you know what? I'm going to take the high road on this Green Bay Packers coach looking at me saying, you better not talk into that microphone and give your team any credit. I'm going to take the high road on it and say I'm very impressed with the Green Bay Packers finding a way to win eight games despite all those injuries, A-Rod just toe, COVID, lying and everything. So I'm not, you know, going to say to that coach what I wanted to say, like, (laughs) you can go ahead and put Eric Stokes and Justin Jefferson the rest of his career. And like he did in 2019 when he was with LSU and Stokes was with Georgia, he killed him. And he killed him again today, and he will kill him every single time Mm -hmm. they meet. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to end it right like that. Um, I got to say, in my 20 years of calling Vikings games, that's about the first time I've ever had a coach say something like that to me. So best of luck to you guys the rest of the way. And quite honestly, I hope you lose every single freaking game the rest of the year. Well, thank you, Paul Allen, because after Paul Allen had said that, the Packers then went 5-0, and clinching the number one seed in the NFC. And Aaron Rodgers went 127 for 178 for 1,360 yards, 14 touchdowns, and zero interceptions, while the Vikings went 2-4, and four, including a loss to the winless Lions at that time, and now are officially eliminated from the playoffs. Thank you, Paul Allen. We appreciate you. Rowdy, karma. Love it. Yeah, next Sunday. Ooh, I'll say this for Khan, uh, the, search, uh, the Wrath of Khan Star Trek. Revenge is a dish best served cold. And last night in Cold Lambo, Packers got the revenge. Going to be a big matchup next Sunday between the Vikings and the Bears in Minnesota. (laughs) Two who cares going against each other. And the Lions obviously taking on the Packers at Ford Field. Another. I will say this, though. I mean, Justin Jefferson, still for having Sean Mannion, who showed that he really couldn't throw the ball downfield. I mean... No, Still Je- Jefferson's a beast. was definitely the top receiver and could have had more, I guess you would say, more catches if uh, the ball was. But, I mean, still had six catches for 58 yards. Yeah. And and the other thing with Eric Stokes covering him their whole career, I saw a lot of different guys giving their uh, shot at covering him. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, though, here's the thing. After since Paul Allen, high and mighty on his high horse, you know, talking about that, the Vikings – I mean, they went two and four and lost to the winless Lions. You know who I was eliminated. most impressed with? Packers went undefeated after that. Was actually the Green Bay's defense and more specifically the front seven because they held Delvin Cook to nine carries, 13 yards. Yeah, and Delvin Cook usually just eats the Packers alive. And that, that's an average of 1.4 yards a carry. They were the ones that early on, they were stuffing Delvin Cook for the majority of his early carries for one or two yards every single time. And then that allowed that Packers offense, though that first quarter was pretty frustrating because it was like they could get to the red zone but couldn't punch it in and had to settle for field goals yep. or uh, you know, end up punting or whatever. Frustrating first quarter only leading three to nothing. But jumping on them early in the second quarter, 
that didn't let the Minnesota Vikings just hand the ball to Delvin Cook. No. That made Sean Mannion have to throw the football, and he showed that, yeah, he can uh, use play action, and he can go, you know, short five to ten yard routes pretty good, like, you know, serviceable enough. But once he had to throw downfield, the Vikings were screwed. Delvin Cook, once they got a huge lead, was yeah, a non-factor. Uh, last time Delvin Cook was at Lambeau, he had 163 yards and three tutties. Delvin Cook, as Rowdy was just talking about, 13 yards, nine carries. It was the second fewest yards he had in his career. And Minnesota only rushed the ball, or rushed for 27 yards, were the fewest the Packers had allowed since giving up just 16 to Tampa Bay in 2014. Packers really coming into their own here, and now they have the bye. They can kind of kick their feet up, and I don't know if they will. We'll talk about it momentarily as Rodgers on the podium and LaFleur saying that you know starters are going to be playing. But let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Hey, this is Ron. Hey, Ron. What's up, dude? Hey, what a weekend for uh, Packers. Badgers went in the Las Vegas Bowl. Viva Las Vegas, Ron. So, uh... I was going to say, what time is the tip-off? Six o'clock from West Lafayette. Okay. So, I was going to say, when Dallas has to play a real team. They they kind of fold like a lawn chair, don't they? Yeah. uh, Mike, uh, yeah, he looked kind of clueless yesterday. He didn't have his timeouts at the end. He needed his timeouts. They uh, they didn't have any. (laughs) Big Mike, man. Could be coming to Lambeau in the playoffs, though. Yeah, well. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I say bring it on, Ronnie. Yeah, bring it bring, on. Bring it yeah. on, baby. Ron, did you have a good New Year's? Oh, yeah, it was great. It was yeah. great. Hell, yeah. Well, here, Ron, well, we're gonna, I'm going to play some clips from Aaron Rodgers. I want you to listen to him, okay, buddy? Okay, hey. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. i never seen a guy just – Antonio Brown has to be <laughs> the biggest flake in the history of the NFL. Now, so. if – now, Ron, like every every person around I've never met and known has always wanted to have some kind of like take this job and shove it moment to their boss and just say, yeah. F it, I quit. Antonio Brown lived out everyone's dream of wanting to quit a job, but I don't think I'd want to quit a multi-million you know, job of no. playing football. But what a, what a way to be done with the sport of football, you know? Yeah, he, uh, he pretty much took it to the extremes there. <laughs> he pushed it to the limit, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> right, you the man, Ron. We'll talk to you later, brother. Okay. See you. Yeah. See you. Yeah, I mean, take this job and shove it. That's Antonio Brown. He he went on there and he did it. Uh, all right, Rowdy. So uh, Matt Lafleur on the podium, uh, talking about you know our starters going to be playing against the Lions. Uh, Aaron Rodgers suggested that yes, he was going to, and he also wanted Devontae to do it. Here's uh, Matt Lafleur. We'll have conversations tomorrow, certainly with with our staff. We'll definitely have talks with our players, and we'll make the best decision for us. But if you ask me right now, I'd say my gut is that uh, these guys are going to play at least a little bit next week. Uh, More from LaFleur on the veterans playing. Oh, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you have players of that caliber, you certainly want to lean on those guys. They got a great pulse of the locker room. There are leaders in that locker room. So we'll definitely have that conversation with them. You kind of get away everything and then just make the best decision possible for your football team. And we talked about this a little earlier, and I, I think they'll play. I think you'll yeah. see the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers get out to a lead because it is Detroit. And He'll play this half, isn't Detroit, man. maybe three quarters, you know, nice, easy little line. They'll go out and beat the Lions. But the bigger reason is because you got the first round by. Yeah. And do you really want to have them take two weeks off? 
because obviously you get the next week off and we've seen players. And I used this example earlier in the show, but maker Mayfield was out for almost two weeks because of COVID. He came back the day of and played against green Bay. He stunk stinky. Not everyone is Aaron Rodgers that can practice like once a week and come out and look like an MVP. Yeah. There's only one Rodgers. They beat the Detroit Lions. And, oh, by the way, speaking of LaFleur, since he was on the podium, do you see he set the record for most wins in the first three seasons by an NFL head coach? I did, indeed. LaFleur, the uh, And that's without having to use the 17th game. Happy New Year, my friends. Uh, One of my resolutions this year was to love harder and let people know more. Zach, I love you. Our sports director, Zach Halpern. Hello, I love you. Hello. Love you too. Yes, yes. Hey Zach, how's it going? Question mark. No I'm kidding. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Thank you. Love oh you. my God, that's that feels love so good. You. I'm gonna give you the biggest hug when I see you. You know, I'm gonna love harder this year. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> so Zach, uh, you were just in Las Vegas for the Las Vegas Bowl. Um, yeah. I did not get a picture of you with an Elvis impersonator. So I, either you didn't find one or you forgot about little old me. <laughs> Looked everywhere. Looked everywhere. We went. We went out Tuesday night. Looked everywhere for uh, an Elvis impersonator. Did not find one, which is kind of shocking because they should be everywhere on every uh, street corner in Vegas. Nothing there. Didn't find one. What? Uh, the pandemic has ripped so much things away from us. Unbelievable. <laughs> so Zach, the Las Vegas Bowl itself. Uh, first of all, how was the sights and the sounds of? Uh, the state of uh, the, the, the Death Star, the Roomba, if you will. Was it um, – didn't look that full. Was there a lot of – how did the Wisconsin fans travel? Uh, yeah, I think they ended up with like 33,000, 34,000 place holds, right around 60, I think. So yeah. it wasn't – I mean, it certainly was far from full. And um, the Wisconsin fans traveled a little bit. There was, a, there was a nice collection of them there. But for the most part, I, I don't think there was a lot of interest in the game, whether it was from Wisconsin side or from – from Arizona State. Well, speaking of interest in the game, uh, you know, the first half was good for Wisconsin. And then how'd you describe the second half, Rowdy? I said straightforward since the game plan seemed to be just hand the ball to Braylon Allen. <laughs> well, I mean, when you, when you've seen some of Graham Mertz's passes at times this year, <laughs> that's probably the best way to go. I mean, for the most part, Arizona State, not able to move the ball. So yeah, put it under defense, just like you have all year. Um, but it's a bowl game. Yeah. And uh, you you would like to see a little bit more, but I also understand it. No Danny Davis, no Kendrick Pryor, lose Jake Ferguson. Like you essentially had uh, all your playmakers not there, and uh, <laughs> you know you're missing two starting offensive linemen. So I I guess I kind of understand it, but um, you would you would have hoped that they could have given um, that, that they could have opened it up a little bit more so that Arizona State wasn't throwing uh, 13 guys at at Braylon Allen every single play. Well, and that was the other thing that was so frustrating is because that was the game plan. And then on top of it, you saw Graham Mertz make some good throws throughout the game, but then at times make some of those throws where you go, what the hell is he doing? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of his career. That's him right, right. Yeah. That's him right now. And that, that doesn't, I don't think that necessarily means that's going to be him forever, but that's him right now. And um, like the, the pass behind prior that got intercepted, uh, that's a horrible throw. There were some bad decisions, but I thought he actually played okay. I mean, he kind of played what he had been down the stretch for the most part, and uh, he made the biggest plays when he needed to. Right, the, the throw to Tim Ray DK getting crushed yeah. was a great was a great throw. Like that was a much needed throw to keep that drive going. And uh, so, I, yeah, he did get he, he, he got lit pretty hard in the legs there when he 
Yeah, I mean, Graham is what it, Graham right now is what he is. What is what he is. I don't think it's a finished product. He's still got all that arm talent, um, and you just hope at some point it clicks because he's their guy. And I know that there's How many years he's been here now. Three. He has his this, third. Was, this was year three. His second year as a starter. Last year, obviously, you didn't. He didn't. Uh, well, they play seven games. Yeah. So I mean, I, this I I don't think this is who he is. Uh, end of things. Like John Stocko as a sophomore in 2004. Now was his first year. He wasn't great, but by the by uh, his senior year in 2006, pretty darn good. And I think Graham can can continue to improve and. He's got better, more physical talent than any quarterback they've had since Russell Wilson and probably better physical talent than any quarterback they've had other than Russell Wilson in this 30-year stretch. I, I, again, I don't think this is a finished product, and you're going to be seeing a lot of him next year. Okay. There's not anybody that's coming in here to take his job. Yeah, Leonardo da Vinci, uh, Zach, he didn't sculpt Michelangelo you know, immediately. You know, it, took, it took years, right? Right. He had some failures before that. Yeah, I mean, he had this, to sculpt the perfect, okay. you know, Piece of art. It takes time. Right. So uh, Zach yeah. Halperin, who is sculpted to a perfection, joining us right now, our <laughs> sports director. Very round shape, yeah. Uh, how about this though for perfection? The defense for Wisconsin is this the best defense now, Zach, that they have ever had when it comes to uh, yardage given up? It is. Uh, <laughs> well, um, not not yardage overall, rushing yardage overall. There it for is. Sure. Uh, yeah, sixty-one yards per game. It beat the record that was set in nineteen. 19- 52 uh, at, uh, that, that ran like 66 yards a game that year. Uh, but, yeah, 61 is just insane. If you think about modern-wise, though, before this was 88 yards a game. So they beat it by 27 yards per game. It was a dominant dominant run defense mm. throughout. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of a team that ran it down their throat. I don't think anybody did. I mean, Army had close to 200 yards, but they also ran it like – 70 times so um you know for the most part this the defense getting after on the run as good as it gets and i guess you kind of would expect that when you have that many veteran team uh, you know veteran players in that front seven but yeah they were that was really good that's the best run defense i've ever seen at yeah. wisconsin for sure and especially with the schedule because they did play a notre dame team that did have a really good running back you played michigan did or did, you said what's that you did or did not no they did have a good running back yeah, their their offensive line was a little suspect, but Kyron Williams is fantastic. Penn State also a solid, a decent team that had a good running back. Like they played some good teams that could run the mm-hmm. football, and then on top of it, you played freaking Army. That's all they do. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it, it was very very. I mean, it, that's what Jim Leonard wants to do. That's what everyone defense wants to do. Some are better at that than others, but it was also stopping the run was a key to them getting after it on third down because you put it in third long situations for a large portion of the year. It allowed them to get after the quarterback and have the sacks that they did. And, um, you know, again, that, that it's going to be very, very difficult. I don't think it's going to be a really long time before we see a, a run defense like that again at Wisconsin. I'm not sure we ever will. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's insane, right? 61 yards, that's <laughs> a lot on the ground. Uh, Zach Halprin, uh, a one-of-a-kind as well with us. So, Zach – I'm just I'm pepper, see I'm loving hard more this year. I'm peppering more. Yeah. So Zach, when it comes to Paul Chris, six and one, that's his bowl record after Thursday. And overall on your article at your wonderful article at madcitysports.com, Badgers won seven of their last eight bowl games. What does winning the Las Vegas Bowl mean as a program for the program for the Badgers? <laughs> nothing. Yeah. I mean it, you know, like in the in the grand scheme of things, nothing. In the grand scheme of what happened this year. The way that you finished the year with that uh, stinker at Minnesota, 
it's big because it allows you to kind of go into the offseason like you did in 2018 with a uh, bowl win and something to build off of. Now there's going to be a heck of a lot of changes between, you know, now and next year. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't think it, it doesn't mean a ton other than the seniors go out with a win. And we saw it actually was, we saw how emotional some guys were. I mean, uh, Noah Burks was crying when he was talking to them, when he was talking with the media afterwards. Like it, it means something, and it meant something for him to be able to come back after you know as a six-year senior. So like it does mean something to those guys, but in the grand scheme of things, what does it mean? Probably not very much. And Leo Chanel, uh, he he popped the question right. He proposed to his girlfriend out there. He did right in front of the uh, the Bellagio fountains. Oh, the Bellagio. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, he had been planning to do it for two years. Finally, got the nerve up to do it, and uh, of course, she said yes. So well, yeah, that's great I mean, for him. Uh, Zach. Um, and I tear up just thinking about having to hang up the phone on you, and it's, you know, man. But before that, uh, let's switch gears here a little bit. Wisconsin basketball tonight in West Lafayette. Uh, what's it, 12.5-point underdogs the Badgers are, Rowdy? What do we expect uh, <laughs> Purdue tonight, third team, uh, third-ranked team in the country? I expect them to cover. Um, Unbelievable. I mean, I, do you, I mean uh, my, I'm setting my expectations low. Line has now be, moved to 13. Lufta. So even better for your cover. I, I I mean this is well. Johnny Davis is a constant. Oh, you you think you think they're going to cover Evo? I said I'm setting my expectations low. Okay, so that way I can be cover, surprised. So you said they're, they're going to cover but not win. I did not say that. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't, decided, I, think, I haven't decided yet. You know, this is not a pick in the razor's edge by any means. I think they have a. The only way I see them covering tonight is if they shoot the ball well. Yeah, well, so what, I, mean, I mean, what's be... the key? I mean, Johnny Davis obviously is a constant. Sorry to interrupt. Johnny Davis is a constant. Um, you know, Brad Davison's got to shoot. Obviously, is the third option then? Is it half? Does it have to be Stephen Crowell banging down low at the big boys, or is it going to be Chucky Hepburn? Yeah, you would hope it'd be Stephen Crowell, but when you look at what Purdue has down low, Zach Eady and the uh, the other big guy uh, was it Williams. Mm. Um, <sighs> I, I, this does not bode well. Like I mean, it was it, obviously Stephen Crowell played really uh, had had his best offensive game the last yeah. time out. It's Illinois State, but, but yeah, I mean, in Illinois State, yes, like Illinois State, <laughs> not exactly going to be the same uh, guys down low that were there, or I should say, Purdue won't have the same guys down low that uh, Illinois State did. So I, you would hope that maybe Stephen Crowell, this is the first step towards him being able to compete with some of the better big men in the comfor- in, in the conference. But this is a really, really tall task, and um, pun intended. Yes. Uh, so I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think Chucky will play a, a huge role if his offense comes around. I also don't know how healthy they are. Um, yeah. You know, the true. last time they're out, they were missing five guys. I don't know if that. I don't know how many of them back. We don't. We didn't get our normal uh, tweet from uh, Wisconsin basketball's account. You know, showing them getting on a plane and really? heading down to West Lafayette. So. I don't. I mean, they're going to play tonight. I just don't know how many. I don't know what they look like health wise. And if you're down five guys like you were before, I mean, it's a a tough task with a full team. I think it's a nearly impossible task if you don't have any kind of your, you know, some of your key players off the bench. But we'll see. Was it it Rutgers uh, Rutgers, that beat Purdue? Rutgers beat them. Yeah. At the Uh, the rack, right, though? It it took a last second. Two almost last second shots. I think it was a half-court shot, wasn't it? Yeah. There was like one with like 11 seconds left, and then there was another one that was like half-quarter. Yeah. Around half-court. Right, yeah. I I think anybody that looked at the schedule before the season marked this up as a loss, and I don't think anything's changed. 
Well, we'll see. Well, so I mean, hey, game, hey, right? hey, that's why they play the game. More will be revealed. Um, yeah, Zach, before I let you go, worst part of my day, but before I let you go, I'm sure you saw what Antonio Brown did, the way he quit. Has Zach Heilprin, our beautiful, handsome sports director, ever quit a job in similar fashion or crazy fashion, i.e. Antonio Brown? I didn't get. I didn't quit, but I got. I got fired. Uh, so I was. I was shown the door. Um, Can you name there, names? There have been some. There have been a number of actually some some epic blowups. Um, I can't. I can't. I can't go. I, I can't. Unbelievable. Do it on air, but I can't do it on air. Maybe I'll do it on air at some point. But it was. Uh, yeah. It, it, for anybody that's of a certain. Well, maybe anybody. Do you ever go to FAC? Oh, um, uh, I never did, but I I know of it. Yes. Yeah, like the old Mad Hatters. Yeah. Uh, Friday had, after class. FAC, yeah, Friday after class. Two dollar pitchers. Yeah. Started there. Ended up at I, back in college. I worked at Olive Garden. You did? And uh, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I can't see you be. Were you a waiter? No. Oh, I was no. gonna say like, there's no way you could you'd get no tips because you'd be just surly to everybody. Exactly. Uh, but ended up there after Friday, uh, after FAC one time, and it didn't go well. So uh, oh, you went to work after FAC. Okay. I didn't go to work. I went to eat. We went oh, to eat there. And, where's uh, my unlimited it, breadsticks, mother? Mm. Mm, yeah, I wish it was like. I wish it was something like that. <laughs> Were you throwing any breadsticks? Uh, no. But uh, sounds like an off-air conversation. Yeah, this is. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I don't want to get into it. It's uh, statute of limitations I, I, are passed, Zach. Come on. Yeah, we yeah, have, but the embarrassment of it hasn't. So God, this uh, is very. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to tell you. I'll have to tell you guys. Maybe maybe I'll say it on air after I tell you. But uh, well, if 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 the listeners can't know here, I'm a man of the people. If the listeners can't know, then I don't want to know either. Until you're ready to come right, out with it, Zach, then you can tell us all. Okay. Well, all I'll right, be okay. on the other hand. I'll be waiting for your return into the studio. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Zach. I'll, I'll, yeah. See you guys. Well, yeah, okay. in and out. <laughs> right, much love. See you, buddy. There he is. Uh, apparently, if you want to go out to eat with Zach Hopper, don't go to an Olive Garden. Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and, yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code THEZONE125. You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. All right, so uh, I'll give you the list of uh, incidents here from uh, Antonio Brown the last three years. But first, before that, O.J. Simpson is officially a free, free man, right, Rowdy? Like, he, he, his parole's done, right? Yep. yep. Gr- granted, the, his complete freedom, O.J. Simpson. Correct. Now, if the glove don't fit, you must have quit. O.J., uh, I guess, in the, lies, in the eyes of a jury, was found not guilty. Civil I don't think, suit, I, though, was I, don't think I need to tell you of what. Yeah. But civil suit, he was had to pay damages, obviously. Yep. So OJ Simpson, and you think you think this guy some of his stuff back? Yeah, I mean that's what he went to prison for, right? Was yeah. stealing from that uh, was it in Las Vegas uh, aggravated assault with yeah. a deadly weapon or something like that? So the juice is officially loose now. I feel like OJ, <laughs> you, you definitely would want anyone on your side if you're OJ Simpson. I feel like it'd be hard to, you know, yeah, make friends. Probably is. I don't, I don't know. Some people are weird though. But OJ Simpson, 
he had something to say about Antonio Brown. Even OJ is not a fan of AB now. Now, there's a guy talking in the background at first, so ignore him, but listen to the juice. Watching um, San Francisco and Houston, we've got many of my league players and fantasy. There's one thing that we all agree on, as well as the other people here, is what Tom Brady has done for Antonio Brown. For him to pull what he pulled today is completely inexcusable. Playoffs are coming up, and you pull this crap on a guy who really went out on a limb for you. Totally BS. So there you go. There's the juice, O.J. Simpson. What Antonio Brown has done is totally inexcusable and complete BS. The juice. Yeah. O.J. Simpson, and I quote, what Antonio Brown has done is totally inexcusable. O.J. Simpson. He's talking about on-field stuff. That Yeah, I know. Yeah. He wanted him to be killing it in the game, you know? Okay, well. And so Antonio Brown is uh, now out of the NFL. So I kept teasing this that I'm going to give you the long list of what he has done the past three years. And everyone's kind of freaking out like, oh, he's – I guarantee the dude's got CTE. That Vontez Perfect hit, right? It scrambled man's brain. That that hit is vicious. You can go and watch it, and you're like, "Oh my god!" And Rowdy, we can you can mostly pinpoint to that moment, right? Is when he started acting extra bizarre. Yeah, it was that. like the next year. So I'm I will I would we are betting men as the Razor's Edge coming up. I would bet that he's probably got early stages of CTE. Also in the same vein, he's kind of a wild boy. Isn't isn't Antonio Brown in, like embody that diva wide receiver that kind of just does whatever he wants to do and doesn't give a crap what anyone thinks? Yeah, but it was raised to a, a whole new level the last four or five years. Here's Antonio Brown's timeline the last three years. December 2018, he was deactivated from the Steelers' Week 17 game after reportedly throwing a ball at a teammate in practice. Okay, February 2019, he meets with the Steelers' owner, Art Rooney II, uh, both sides, they say, agree to move on. March 2019, he's traded by the Steelers to the Raiders for a third and a fifth-round pick. July of 2019, he's placed on non-football injury list because he got frostbite on his feet from cryotherapy. August, remember that? Yeah. August 2019, he missed Raiders training camp practice due to a helmet grievance. Remember, he wanted to wear a certain helmet in the NFL. Well, that was when the NFL changed helmets, and if you were in the league for... You'd was it 10 years or whatever? or whatever? You could be grandfathered into that type of helmet like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But he had just missed the cutoff. Yep. And so he was pissed about that and sat off And then he wore like his normal helmet. and got Yeah. Or his old helmet, I guess you would it's say, like, since it was new. It's like, come on. So after the helmet grievances, then in September of 2019, he then went live on Instagram and started asking for his release. That's where you get the, call me Mr. Big Chest. Remember that? Yeah, while he was working out. Mr. Big Chest. So he's on Instagram Live going crazy. Then he signed a one-year deal worth up to $15 million with the Patriots. Then, that was in September. Then, same timeline in September, his former trainer... That was when Tom Brady took him in. Correct. Then in September 10th to the 16th, his former trainer, Brittany Taylor, then had accused Antonio Brown of sexual assault, while Sports Illustrated article reported a second incident of sexual misconduct. Then, he was released by the Patriots. Then in January 22nd of 2020... Brown was charged with felony burglary, a uh, burglary, excuse me, with battery and two misdemeanors for incidents with a moving trunk company. He pleaded no contest and did not receive any jail time. 
Then July- and if I remember correctly, wasn't that moving company because him and his wife were yeah. splitting and going at it, and then the moving company came. Yeah, and then he was on his balcony throwing a couch off the balcony. Yeah, throwing stuff at him. Yeah. Uh, and there's videos of him like berating police officers too, if I remember correctly. Uh, then in July 31st of 2020, Brown was suspended eight games for multiple violations of the NFL's personal conduct policy. And then in October 27th of 2020, Brown signed a one-year contract with the Buccaneers. Then in February 7th of 2021, he catches five passes, including a touchdown as the Buccaneers win the Super Bowl. Then the Buccaneers re-signed him in May of 2021. And then in December 2nd of 2021, he was suspended three games for violating the NFL, NFLPA COVID-19 protocols, uh, misrepresenting his vaccination status with the fake card. And then what we get yesterday, July, I'm sorry, January 2nd, 2022, the year of our Lord, Antonio Brown has an argument with his head coach, Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians was basically saying, hey, go play in the game. Antonio Brown refused and then proceeded to take off his jersey, his shoulder pads, his undershirt, and then danced shirtless in the end zone as he said, I'm out of here. Yeah, so the backstory on that, before he got suspended those three games for the vaccination card or the fake one, he had a high ankle sprain that he was out with for six weeks Mm -hmm. that he was nursing, and supposedly it was a pretty bad one. So he was the one where... um, they asked him to go back out there. Arians asked him to go back out there. This is according to Greg Allman, who is the beat writer for Tampa Bay that we had on last year in the playoffs. Because I know Jay Glazer had a story that was pretty close to this, and there was some rumors where it was a little different story. According to Greg Allman, after the game, he said that Arians asked him to go back into the game. Yeah. He says, no, my ankle's too sore. And backstory, he didn't practice all week because of the ankle. They said he kind of... Uh, uh, aggravated it in the week before where he had a big game, and he only did some small stuff on the side on Saturday. Didn't even go into any practices. So I'm sure his ankle was beat up. Yeah. But he says, no, my ankle sore. Then Arians comes back and says, well, then you're done for the game then. If it's that sore, you can't go back in. And then, Rody- and then that's when he freaked out. Very odd situation. Antonio Brown boiled over, very upset on the sideline, took off his shoulder pads. Mike Evans, O.J. Howard trying to convince him to keep them on. Obviously, they were unable to do so. He tossed his shoulder pads, tripped off his shirt and glove, threw those into the crowd, then ran across the field while the teams were still on the field, giving the crowd a peace out sign. I'll let you know when we hear something official on his staff. And then he got an Uber. So he- he got an Uber and then released a rap song. This is the biggest thing that I don't get. Then released a rap song, and it sounds terrible. If if you're the coach and you're Arians here, and you say, well, get back out there, we got to play for you, and he says, no, my ankle hurts, knowing that he had a high ankle sprain that kept him out, they said it was going to be six to eight weeks, re-aggravating it last week, not practicing all but like one half side practice, and he tells you he doesn't want to go back out there because his ankle hurts, why did he freak out when Arian said, okay, then you're done for the rest of the game if it's that bad? I don't, Why, well, I, if he I didn't want to go out there then, I don't think he was going to plan on going out there in the fourth quarter if it was still sore. I don't, I don't know. All I know is he cost himself a lot of money too. Yeah. Antonio Brown is the epitome of what every American's ever wanted to do at a job they didn't like. Take this job, shove it. 
I'm out. Peace. Yeah, he was like single digit receptions. By the way, there was like yeah, I have right here. 19 he had, games left. He had eight more catches. Left. Eight more catches to unlock $333,000. He also needed 55 receiving yards to unlock another $333,000. He also needed just one receiving touchdown to unlock another $333,000. He cost himself. Well over a million dollars. Oh, yeah. And in that time frame, the Buccaneers still had like three possessions left in that game. I know. Insane. Aaron Rodgers also in the circle of trust here for over the line. Rodgers has got to be your MVP. Has to be. We'll hear from his podium in one second. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Hello. Probably that drunk. All right, so when it comes to Aaron Charles Rodgers, Rowdy with his performance. Now, Tom Brady tried to have some late, well, did have some late heroics leading the Bucks to a win over the Jets. But Aaron Rodgers, what he did was surgical, efficient, also made his team the number one seed. They now have the bye. It's over. The Packers got it wrapped up. And with all the injuries and, you know, Rodgers doing what he did this season, I think it's fair to say that he's the MVP. Yeah, last week towards the end of the week, we looked at the MVP odds and he was the favorite at minus 175. And then there was Tom Brady in second place at plus 400. And then I believe it was Jonathan Taylor and a, and a mess of other guys that were all tied at like plus uh, 1,000. Well, this is the new updated update standings. So Aaron Rodgers goes from minus 175 favorite to minus 400. Favorite. Wow. So now he is the only overwhelming favorite here. Tom Brady's plus 400 becomes a plus 550. And then Jonathan Taylor and Joe Burrow, who I know Joe Burrow wasn't even in the top five no. last week. He's now dropped into the top five, but uh, Jonathan Taylor went from plus 1,000 to plus 1,400 tied with Joe Burrow. Yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers, the MVP is his. Now, the question is, if he doesn't play against the Lions, does it hurt his MVP chances? There's, I think it does. I think it does to a degree, but you got to look at what the full body of work, what Rodgers has done with the injuries, locking up the number one seed early. That accounts for something, obviously, but him not playing potentially does hurt it a little bit. But, Rowdy... It sounds like Rodgers is going to be playing. Take a listen. I'm going to play next week, and uh, I expect Devontae to play and our guys to play. So we're looking forward to finish out the season on a high note and and then uh, getting the bye. I think he knows it will hurt his case a little bit, and he wants he wants that fourth MVP, especially oh, yeah. when he thinks the woke mob's after him. Oh, yeah. He definitely wants that fourth MVP, wants to play, knows it's the crappy Lions. Cancel, cancel culture was the sweatshirt he was wearing what, last week, two well, weeks ago? And you know that if there are a lot of and I agree. journalists and sports writers out there that don't want to give him that trophy, not playing in the final game. They'll give, think, they'll, don't give him an inch, Rowdy. Yeah, exactly. I think they'll even use that against him. Oh, he didn't play in the last game. His numbers aren't exactly what Tom Brady had or Joe Burrow. If you give him an inch, they'll take a mile, and then they'll want another mile the next day and another mile the day after It'd, that, and then another mile the day after that. It would just be another reason for them to vote against him. You give someone a little bit of power, they're going to want more tomorrow. Mm-mm-mm. Here's Rodgers with the practice status ahead of the Detroit game. I feel like there's a legitimate chance I could practice two days this week. Uh, definitely practice Friday for sure, and then maybe uh, be able to get out on Thursday as well, uh, which would be great. Uh, get back into that, uh, you know, which is generally the padded practice of the week. So, and then you know, without any issues uh, in Detroit, uh, I feel like we're getting really close. So the big question is, you know, do you do you sit them 
Do you let him sit for two weeks to get healthy? What about his, the status of his toe, his injured pinky toe? Well, here's Rodgers on his pinky toe. This is the first game that my toe got through the game without any issues. Uh, no pregame uh, painkiller shot. So I'm feeling good. Take the man on his word, right, Rowdy? Sounds like that toe's doing okay. And uh, that cold weather at Lambeau, what was the real feel? One degree last night. Rogers talks about playing in the cold. Tonight was one of those nights. We haven't had a game like this in, in a while, temperature-wise, but um, it's just different. You know, it is different. The, the whole feel of it, I feel like, you know, teams can break a little bit easier uh, when it is this cold because there's a, an excuse, the weather. So Rogers also talks when it comes to the game itself. Alan Lazard on the offense recently. Now Randall Cobb, i.e. Cobby, who could you believe that he's at practice last week? You see Randall Cobb there after the core injury? Randall Cobb at practice. Um, Rogers talks about though Alan Lazard stepping up in his absence. He does all the dirty work. So to get him the ball is is awesome because he's a very unselfish guy. Uh, he can go in there, stick his head in there, and block, uh, and block on the edge as well for, for some of our run solution stuff. But he's been, you know, making plays down the field, which is great. And then speaking of making plays on the field, Rowdy, how about Devontae Adams and some of those catches last night at Lambeau? What'd you yeah, they were there were a few of them. Like, like it seems like every week where Devontae Adams is running a route, almost looks like a fade route, and the safety's trying to be over the top. And they still fit it in there, whether it's back shoulder or basically lofting it over the corner, but in front of the safety over the top. I mean, we see that from those two, man, like two, three times a game. And it just looks easy where if you watch a lot of other quarterbacks and their best receiver, they'll, Don't be, look like that. they'll be lucky if it happens once. Does not look like that. Rogers talks on the emphasis of getting Devontae involved early. Tonight, I, I think I said you know something you know about doing something special because I knew the record was in uh, in play for him. But like I said earlier, I, I wanted to get him the ball early to kind of set the tone. So the record, 117, that is how many catches Devontae Adams has this season after having 11 for 135 and a tutty last night. It breaks his own team record for receptions in the season uh, that he set last year. So Devontae Adams, wow, is he good. Aaron Rodgers, your, if he's on MVP, we will – we will make a huge stink. I, th- I think he is. the NFL writers will get it right, and I think he'll be the MVP, especially if he has a solid game against Detroit next week. Mm-hmm. But I just hope that they can be a little bit better than baseball sports writers because baseball sports writers <laughs> are the worst. And you know what? You can call them idiots. I think there's only one word that describes this Michael Hunt that – he submitted a ballot for this upcoming Major League Baseball um, vote, and it was blank. He was also the guy the I'm year sorry? before. It was blank. He didn't he didn't check off anyone that he thought deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. He then was the same guy that turned in a blank one the year before, and the year so before that, the year before that, he he checked one person, and it was Derek Jeter. Well, yeah, is, why does this does guy have a, have a vote at all? He's he's not a great sports writer and a, and a guy that should be on the Hall of Fame baseball voting process and having a vote. We've seen people in the past sell their votes, which is ridiculous. The only word that honestly defines this guy is he's an asshole. <laughs> I mean, that's being polite, I guess. Let's go to the phones. Is, is this you, Mike Hunt? Is that you? No, I was just questioning uh, the guy's name. It's, it's Mike Hunt. 
That's correct. Yeah, Mike Hunt. Mike Hunt. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. This That's his right. name. Right, hey, Pac Finn. What's up, brother? Hey, I just wanted to give a shout out to Nelly and see if we're there yet. Why? He just told me one time: good teams win, great teams cover. Are the Packers great? Yes. Okay. Good. Pack fan, pack fan. Yo. Does Aaron Rodgers, did he wrap up that MVP last night against the Vikings? I agree with you guys. He's got to play um, against the Lions this weekend. Got to play. At least the half. I love it, Then it's black drop, open up job. Oh. Yeah. That's a rough ride in the road. Oh, no. That's how pack fan Ryan rolls. Yes, sir. Pac-Fan, you the man. We'll tell uh, Mike Hunt that you send your regards. Yep. Uh, have a great year, Mike Hunt. <laughs> See you, Pac-Fan. Later. <laughs> like, you just, I just can't I like believe. how we went from Rodgers and Packers, like, to Rowdy's uh, now going after Mike Hunt. Well, he's the guy Baseball that has voted the last two years. And it's like, you look at some of these names that are on the list for for people. Is that... Seymour Butts on there? Or is there a Jack Mahoff on there? Like, I get it. Some people don't want to vote for Barry Bonds because of steroids. I get it, right? IP freely. But there's a lot of other names that are definitely worthy of being voted for in the Hall of Fame, whether they get in or not. And to not have anyone checked, why Why do you have the privilege to have a vote? <laughs> if you sell it, like the one people or one guy sold it, that was a few years ago now. Mm-hmm. If you're selling something, why should you have the privilege to do it? I don't know. Um does this start with Rodgers not winning MVP potentially to Mike Hunt? Remember when we were looking at uh, people that voted for manager of the year? I believe it was in 2018 when the Brewers came out of nowhere, won the NL Central, had the best record in the NL. Mm-hmm. And some of the guys didn't even vote for Craig Council. And one of those guys, we found him. And he was from Arizona. Oh, yeah. And he, he wrote for the Jackalope something. And he was Ca- I think he covered his main like, sport was, was high school commu- soccer, community college soccer. Yeah, community college soccer. That's what it was. Well, nothing wrong with that. It's just like okay, but you have a vote for the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, Mike Hunt. But he le- like voted like I think the like, allegedly the letting he's uh, dating Jenna Talia. I think that guy from Arizona too. He like voted the. Arizona manager is like number one. We're like, what? What was, what was his name again? Hugh Hugh Jazz was that his name? You remember Hugh Jazz? I don't know, but he definitely covered a community college uh, soccer for the Jackalope Times or something. Yeah, what his name was was it Oliver? Oliver Closeoff? God, I can't quite remember his name. All right, but Mike Hunt, you uh, we don't like you, and that's fine. Aaron Rodgers, we do like you. You're gonna be winning the MVP. We'll take it full circle. <laughs> Tonight, 6 o'clock, West Lafayette, a battle of two top 25 teams. One just happens to be ranked a lot higher than the other. As the 24th-ranked Wisconsin Badgers go to face Purdue, who the Boilermakers are third in the country. Going to be Jaden Ivey v. Johnny Davis, and then the big man of Purdue. Yeah, that's the scary part. The big men. Yeah. Yes. They are going to have a big-time advantage down low, and Stephen Crowell... Ben Carlson. Hey, Crowell beats out against Illinois State. Chris Vote. Those guys are really going to have to play tough down low. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
going to be tough. Because what's the spread? Twelve and a half. Because yeah. where they're not undersized, because Edie pretty much uh, makes everyone undersized because he's so damn big. Seven four. They're going to be out muscled. Yeah. So pick your poison. Are you going to be out outsized or out muscled? Read that Rocky speech. You're going to eat lightning and crap and thunder. Crap thunder. Uh, we need a motivation tape for the boys tonight here. I don't get motivation tapes. Either you're motivated or you're not. But you'll rock. They're going to have to shoot the ball well. Yes. They're going to have Johnny Davis. Well, here's the thing. It, the Badgers go the way Johnny Davis goes. Yeah, that's no, not the right one. So if Brad Davison is quiet like he was against Illinois State again, they're going to be – that was against Illinois State. If Brad Davison is quiet and just Johnny Davis going to get their asses. By the way, did you see that the Badgers now beat Illinois State for the second time this year over the weekend? Oh, nice. What? Yeah, Valpo beat uh, oh. beat <laughs> Illinois State in a close one. Uh, that's funny, right? So, yeah, Wisconsin, what would that be, Southeast? Yeah, so who's Wisconsin on Valpo Southeast. now? Um, Kobe King. Kobe King, there's – is it – no. It's Kobe King. It's um, – the Trevor a- Anderson. Trevor Anderson. Oh, there's one more big guy that transferred there. Oh, yeah. um, yep, the other guy from Minnesota. Yeah, the other guy. Can't no, think who it is. Minnesota. Well, anyways, there's three Badgers there. I feel like there's a fourth, too, for some reason. But, yes, three Badgers there. Um, Wisconsin of the East, right, Rowdy? Yeah, the Southeast, and they uh, they beat Illinois State in a close one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Kinda tonight's like going to be interesting. Um, Twelve and a half. The Joe Hedstrom was the transfer. Yep. There you go. I forgot about that guy. Because so, he barely played. Yeah. Johnny Davis is going to have to do it all, which Johnny Davis does do it all. Uh, the question is, can Brad Davison show up? The veteran who's been around the block in the Big Ten, you think he can. And then what can Stephen Crowell do? I think that's the biggest thing we're going to have to look at, right? Stephen Crowell, Chris Vogt, uh, and the other big boys, if they can bang down low with Purdue's, you know, giants. I'm – Well, I think the only guy on I'm not the roster getting my hopes up. that can really consistently be in there and be playing good defense is going to be Chris Vogt. Yeah. But the only problem with that is if you have Chris Vogt on the floor for – Longer than you know, twenty minutes, you're losing a lot of scoring because Stephen Crowell has shown the ability to shoot the ball from outside. For where sure, Chris Vote is basically dunking it or you know within three feet. Yeah, and that's why you hope like you know Brad Davis can show up. Maybe um, Chucky Hepburn, who scored a lot of points against again as Illinois State, but still it's nice to see uh, Illinois State last week. You hope he can be that because they're looking for that third option. And if Crowell. And- for the most part, this Badger team has played up and down to their competition. Yeah, they have. So just take out Ohio State. Yeah, the Ohio State one. This I didn't have a good feeling about that, and then um, they got it handed to them, obviously. But uh, after beating Indiana the way they did, and then losing to Ohio State, you take that one and one start the Big Ten play. So Big Ten play starts back up tonight, six o'clock tip off, and then you got Bucks at seven, Rowdy. Got the piston. Bucks going for seven in a row. But got the Pistons coming to Pfizer sitting on the hardwood. There you go, Rouds. Big time. <laughs> Big time matchup in the NBA. <laughs> Real wacky, wild, exciting stuff. Breaking news. And I'm going to let the individual who did it, uh, broke it to us. One second, though. <laughs> 
Breaking news live from WOZN Studios here in beautiful Madison, Wisconsin. We now go live to young Ben Kenny. Ben, good morning. Ebo, good morning. Breaking news. Joe Rudolph, according to footballscoop.com, is expected to join Brent Pry's Virginia Tech staff. The move could be announced as soon as today. I don't get it. Thank you, Ben. And with that breaking news update, I'm Ben Kenny. <laughs> young Ben Kenny. Thank you, does ben that Kenny. make much sense? A guy that's it's that it's well like done. a lateral move practicing. at best. Ben's been practicing. That was good. It's uh, just the that's the broadcast journalism in me. <laughs> all right. So with uh, Joe Rudolph gone, wasn't this a move? Didn't a lot of people want to see him kind of gone anyways? Yes. The past couple of years, people were frustrated with the play of the offensive line, especially at the beginning of this year. <clears throat> and then you also, <clears throat> excuse me, go back last year when he's he had was a lot of champagne plays. for New Year's, eh? I the the play calling the offense wasn't great last year when he was kind of at the helm. Chris took it back. Um, people people were frustrated with him. I personally do not think this is a beneficial move for Wisconsin. He's proven to be a really good offensive line coach. He's yeah, that's deeply true. entrenched into the fabric of the program. He's a great recruiter. Um, so I don't know. It's it it's not a great move. But lo- Wisconsin does have Bob Bostad on their staff. He did coach offensive line at the school for a couple years. I forget the exact, for like four or five years. So they have the experience. He'll probably move into that role. And then where else they go, we'll see. It does open up a slot, in theory, for some type of quarterback's coach, offensive coordinator to come in. All right, there it is. Uh, Rowdy on the gambling side. Thank you, Ben Kenny. Uh, Dynamite dropping. We're not done with you, so you just stick around.